Welcome to the Order of Dark Arts podcast, where we discuss the history and philosophy of walking the Luciferian path to the daily practice of demonic magic. It is I, Dr. Pete, broadcasting from the northernmost outpost of the Caribbean, New Orleans, Louisiana, along with our co-host, an incredible teacher, guide, and author in demonic magic, Professor Ashley Atori. Professor, how's everything going since we last talked? Everything's been absolutely wonderful. How are you doing, Pete? Oh, I'm doing I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm loving all these episodes that we've been doing. And uh, you're right. We are closing out some some wonderful things, um, especially with this podcast. Um, since the last podcast um, of these seven deadly sins that we've been presenting, um, so much has been happening. This has been such a fun series to do with you. I've got to I've got to admit mm-hmm. we've covered so much um, as it relates to personal growth, magic and working with the, the princes of the Royal Legion. Let me ask you, what's what has been your experience with this series? Well, well, as far as recording goes, I've had an absolute blast recording with you. It's doing any project with you is amazing. Oh, and, you. and it's been you're welcome. And uh thank you. It really has been just so incredible watching this podcast grow and watching the group grow and watching all these people coming in and opening their mind to Luciferianism. I've just been absolutely pumped up and excited and incredibly grateful for this experience. You know, you're right. We've had a lot of new members come into the group, um, our mm-hmm. Facebook group, and they've came directly from this podcast, which is enlightening for us and also incredible. It's uh, an empowering situation to see people um, find a group of Lu- other Luciferians and um, people that want to practice demonic magic, uh, find a home for them, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. the members that are in our group um, as well have gotten a lot out of the uh, the podcast. Uh, you, we see it in the comments, and when uh, when when episodes drop, they often you know get on the the group, and they're always mentioning things about the the, the episodes and what the parts they liked. And, and I love reading those comments. You know, they're like, "Oh, I really like this one part," and things like that. <laughs> and there's always those quotes of yours that pop up. They're like, "Oh, remember when Ashley said this?" <laughs> <laughs> Those are even awesome. in the, yeah, even in the in the I do consults like every day. And so um everybody always mentions in the consults, they mention the podcast. So we're getting a lot of listeners from all over and it's been it's been really incredible. Yeah, we really have. We've got a lot, we've got well almost five thousand downloads of the episodes, which is incredible. Um, and we've just mm-hmm. started the podcast. Um, the podcast wow. itself, I mean, it offers so much for everyone. Now, we've covered topics of power and protection, wealth, wrath, lust, and alchemy. But today we have one more to cover. And when mm-hmm. we have it all finished, it's going to make for a strong foundation for anyone to build upon. Um, mm-hmm. With each of the episodes uh, we have talked about, uh, demonic magic is so important. It's, it's just um, intertwined. And it also shows how important it is for a person to incorporate magic into their daily life and their their spiritual practice as well. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Professor? Yeah, well, this podcast is a perfect way to gain insight into modern issues as well as social and religious topics from a unique Luciferian perspective. We as well provide well-researched and intelligent analysis of current events and debates that touch on all aspects of our lives. With discussions ranging from politics to philosophy, this podcast will absolutely help you understand the complex relationships between Luciferian thought and the modern world. Yeah, and also um, one thing that I've learned quite a bit um, is that how much the demons want to help us as humans. Um, they're here to uh, to work with us. 
but also that, you know, they really want to make sure that we're uh, serious about wanting to work with them. So they're just not going to, you know, show up and start working with us because we just had a, um, you know, flight of fancy thought of like, oh, you know, I want to do this or I want to, you know, a bunch of money over here. You know, they want to <laughs> they want to build that. They want you to build that relationship with them. They want to know you're serious. That's very important to remember that the more you ask from demons, the more loyalty, work and respect that they will expect in return. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, when working with demons, you have to remember that a demon will definitely do what it takes as far as doing the things that you ask, as long as they're justified and not completely unjustifiably maniacal or insane. And many times they'll even do more than was initially promised. And this type of arrangement of working with demons can be extremely beneficial for humans if done correctly. But you have to remember that loyalty, putting in the work, what's your intention and petition is expected. And if these expectations are not met or mistreatment of the demon occurs, or if you get entitled or completely impatient or disrespectful, then it can sour this relationship and can cause considerable harm to your life just as far as them removing themselves from your life. Even if you are disrespectful in a relationship like with your patron, they'll leave your side for a good while. You want to make sure that you are putting in the work, that you are putting the effort, that you're doing your offerings, and that you're not being disrespectful and mistreating your demons. You have to know that you are going to be tested And this is something to expect. And you don't give up when things are hard or when you meet any kind of resistance. You keep the faith and you keep going. Yeah, you mentioned that in the last um, episode of Alchemy about how you can get tested. Um, You know, sometimes it might take a few months for um, the results to come through. And during that time frame, it could get a little harder than you expected because it could be a testing time. Um, That's a great Mm -hmm. point you made on that last episode. Um, you know, the, yeah, and that's that's where you separate people who are serious and people who are not. Um, you know, when you ask for something like a hundred thousand dollars or half a million dollars or more, that takes a lot of energy and effort on a demon's part, and so yeah, they're gonna make you work for it a bit, but oh, uh, yeah, definitely, <laughs> and they're gonna want to make sure you're serious, to, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, not to say that that can't happen, but. If you're not in a time and place and also the mind, the right mindset, you know, how is that going to work? You think they're going to be able to say, yeah, okay, you're in the perfect spot. You're going to, I'm going to give you half a million dollars. Heck, that could give you, get you into trouble more than help you out. Yeah, that's very true. Sometimes we are not in the proper place to receive certain blessings and we may ask for them a little bit too early and they know that receiving those at that time will be our downfall rather than our rise up. So like I said, it's important to trust them, to understand their timing, to trust their timing, and to be respectful of their answer to our petitions, whether it's yes or no. I know, for example, if I had received even five years ago certain things that I've received lately, then I would be at a completely different place in my life. I may not even be as well off. And <clears throat> along with time comes maturity. And so... It's very important to understand that they do know what's best and to trust that timing. 
you know, and I want to also uh, talk about how important it is um, to practice magic, especially demonic magic in your life. Oh, yeah. um, I, I'm a big proponent of uh, practicing as well as um, honoring. You know, I love the, the honoring aspect of uh, Lucifer and of the demons, but I also think that there's an important aspect of practicing magic and getting in, doing the rituals and working with them, especially with the demons, because they're they're like okay yeah i want to work with you i want to you know let's do some things and so i think it's important that people incorporate magic into their lives don't you think professor it's incredibly important and a lot of people forget the importance of not only doing the rituals just but staying consistent with them there's a lot of people who will get their blessings and then or they'll get their petitions answered and then when it comes to giving consistent offerings or things that they've promised their demon or, or with upholding their pact, they'll, they'll be like, Oh, well, I'll just get to it tomorrow. Well, it's like, who, who, who promised to you that you had tomorrow, you know, life, life changes so quickly. And so many people live their lives as if they are entitled to and promised something. And, <clears throat> and I'm not really sure why people do that because they don't, exactly have control over what life is going to bring them. And that's the reason that they are contacting the demon in the first place is because they feel somewhat out of control and they're trying to manipulate the reality. What we do have control of, though, is the things that we possess, our attitudes, emotions, our thoughts, our process, our perspective, how we speak, how we respond, our consistency, how we show up, the attitude we show up with. Those are things that we can control. And those are the things that people forget to do. And they, they, or is either they forget or they just don't bother to do it. They feel like, oh, I've gotten what I want. Now I can slack off. Absolutely not. That's not how this works. It's so important to stay consistent and to show the demon that, gave you something through divine intervention that you'll appreciate it. And you show that through consistency and attitude. Right. You know, stay involved and stay uh, practicing and also keep honoring because there's probably Mm -hmm. more coming your way. um, You don't even realize. Let me ask you, professor. So someone um, that's listening um, is saying, wow, that sounds like me. You know, I'm I'm kind (laughs) of, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I've kind of dropped off. Life has gotten busy or, you know, just, I haven't had the energy to do it. Like, what would be your advice? You know, say we're in a consultation right now and I'm saying, and I'm telling you, you know, I've just kind of dropped off in my practice. What what advice would you tell me? I would be empathetic, but I would also absolutely convey the fact that attitude and action drives the outcome of your life. See, Big problems are going to come in everyone's life. It, they are absolutely unavoidable. But there's often a window of time that you have to address these problems. And if you don't address them right away or within a reasonable amount of time, life, if you don't make decisions on them right away, life will make decisions for you. And they, it, life will leave you with less decisions and it will leave you in a panic. And And demons aren't genies demons are intelligent intelligent social beings that are watching you 
and sometimes even testing you. And you judge the true character and caliber of a person by where they stand in times of challenge and controversy. And and when, when things go wrong and they don't go the way that you want them to, or they don't unfold the way that you want them to, that's going to be the true test of your character. And that's what they're going to watch. How, how are you going to act when things are stagnant or stale or confusing or hard? Are you going to fold? Are you going to disappear? Are you going to go to hoodoo and voodoo? Are you going to talk shit about your demons? Are you going to be ungrateful? Are you going to stop giving offerings? What is your true character? And it's in times of struggle and stress and even in times of nothingness that your character is tested because everyone is loyal and everyone is team demons when things are going great and the money's flowing and everything's just absolutely wonderful. But it's crickets when most of them get any kind of resistance. So you can't show up and go hard for them when life is hard, but yet you want to talk about, oh, I'm loyal, I'm loyal. Yeah, oh, team demons, when things are great, I would say attitude drives performance, drives the outcome of your life. Check your attitude and apologize to your demon. And then get back up and do this the right way, no matter the outcome. And soon enough, you'll get through your test and you'll see just how incredible a demon can make your life once you trust them, once you honor them in good times and in bad. You know, one point that's a common thread throughout this, throughout all the episodes is the importance of having a clear understanding of what you want, how it feels and what it even looks mm-hmm. like and how you see it in your life. Professor, is this something you've noticed people have trouble with when you're doing a consultation with someone or speaking with them as a student? Yes, absolutely. So most people go through life with no clear idea of what they want. They try to fit in and they try to keep up with latest trends, but rarely do they consider their own wants and needs when making decisions. Sometimes this is due to living in survival mode, but sometimes this is due to a too many choices, a, a plethora of options. Uh, this lack of direction can have serious consequences if it's not addressed early on. And without having any direction or purpose, it's very easy to fall into a pattern of jumping from one idea to the next without ever fully committing to any of them. And this leads to a lack of focus and clarity, which can absolutely prevent you from achieving your goals and living the life that you want. You might find yourself drifting between jobs relationships, and lifestyles with absolutely no stability or security. Also, when we don't take the time to define our wants and needs, we lack a sense of self-worth and then often become dependent on external validation. And this can lead to feelings of hopelessness or worthlessness, which have an incredibly destructive impact on our lives. It's extremely essential that we take out the time to explore what you really want out of life. And then it's also essential to construct a plan of how you're going to go about getting it. You are going to need to write down your petition, your intentions, your goals. You're going to need to write down the the demon that you're wanting to work with. You're going to need to decide whether you're going to do an invocation or an evocation. You're going to need to decide whether you want to do a pact and and 
PACs are no joke. That's something you can't just back up out of. You, if you fail a pact, you, you might fail your entire relationship with that demon and never be able to work with them again. It's very possible. <clears throat> and you need to decide what you're willing to give up. You need to decide what your sacrifice is. And you're going to need to decide whether or not you can complete your end of the agreement to a pact. You can't just back out of it. You can't just stop. You can't just stall. You need to agree to it and be sure that you want to agree to it and be sure that you can come through. Yeah. And it's uh, the consistency of that sacrifice. You know, it's not, Mm -hmm. I find most of the time, it's not a one-time sacrifice. It's a consistency. So if, you know, if you're going to give up drinking sodas, don't do it for 30 days, do it for be smart. And can you (laughs) right and say, and then also you have to ask yourself, can I do this? Am I willing to do this? Because it's a sacrifice. This isn't just, Oh, maybe this is a, it, you know, the word sacrifice means it's a very powerful word and you're giving something up that you are attached to in a sense. And I mean, if you're addicted to drinking diet Cokes in the morning and you're going to give that up, it's going to, it's going to suck and it's going to be painful. (laughs) But while you're in that sucky period of life, you're going to say, I'm doing this because of this is the reason why. Um, and the uh, demons get that energy. I think they feel that pain that you're going through. And they're like, look, they've, they're they not reaching for the soda. They're they're giving it up. They're one more day. And it's not about, hey, you know, I only have 30 days. It's about just do it for that day and worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. The magic works. And if it, and it can also work fast. What mm-hmm. uh, what you're saying is that it is important to be clear on who the practitioner wants to be. And then do the things that that person they desire to be would do. So it's a be, do, have mentality. You want to be that person. Then you got to do the things that that person would be doing. And then you're going to have your results. I believe the demons love that, you know, um, uh, formula in a sense, if you could, you know, if you think of it like Mm -hmm. that. So there's a responsibility on the practitioner to keep it moving, to keep it going. Mm -hmm. You know, to be yeah. ready, be ready for that dance, to be ready to grow, to be ready to to keep that magic uh, flowing in your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's an uh, you know, when the, the when the magic works and it shows up in in your life. I mean, I'll be the first to say it is pretty amazing. You're like, wow, because I remember when I first started working with the potions from the seventh witch house and I was blown away and um Mm-hmm. The first one I bought was uh, Pan's grounding oil. And I, <laughs> I remember that was, one. <laughs> oh, I mean, I was on the floor in my kitchen because I was just, I had to sit down. <laughs> I was like, this is some powerful stuff. And I was just very, and, and it allowed me to understand as I learned uh, more about demonic magic, like I, you know, I've got to keep this going and I've got to do certain things, you know, work with Pan and work with, you know, how am I going to do it? What, what's my responsibility? And it was, it takes two to tango, as they say. So I've got to bring something to that dance. And mm-hmm. it's been just a lovely experience. And um, mm-hmm. I've, I've really enjoyed it. I tell you oh, what. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, I mean, uh, Lucifer wants us to move. He wants us to grow. Um, how can a person on this path practice um, this sort of movement that we've been talking about? If you have found in this stage of life that demonic magic is what resonates with you, and you are open and curious and looking for that catalyst to continue to grow and develop yourself and find that movement, then 
I would absolutely recommend working with and emulating the seventh. She represents a stable foundation and the ability to grow even when chaos consumes her or is around her. She is able to persevere and consistently grow and achieve more and more and more regardless of what's coming at her in life and regardless of the trials that lay ahead. This is what is lacking with most people is that self-discipline that comes along with the seventh it is what makes her so successful. It's what has gotten her through such a difficult many rotations of lifetimes. And it is what has made her an incredible leader. Working with the seventh is one of the best role models you could ever imagine. And one of the best invocations you could ever do. And one of the best demons possible to work with. In the, in the past, you've talked about leveling up. Mm-hmm. And and it reminds me of one of my favorite quotes of yours. And, and this is the quote, when you make order out of chaos, mm-hmm. that is when you ascend. And when you speak of ascending or leveling up, in a sense, you mean going to the next step in your life. Is that right, Professor? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So when you're able to make order out of that, like for your example of uh, the seventh helping us untie the knots, uh, get unstuck. That allows that person then to go to the next level in their, you know, whatever they're working on, health, wealth, love, or even all four. One of the things that makes the seventh so wonderful is that she is driven by duty rather than pleasure. And this is an incredibly rare personality type. Most people are driven by pleasure. And so therefore they seek comfort and their brains, they've taught themselves and their brains to react positively to comfort and negatively to work. And so this creates a recipe for poverty or for just completely undisciplined hedonism, which a little bit of hedonism can be fun. But if you are undisciplined, then you are very likely going to lack direction and lack purpose to keep you focused and driven towards your goals when things get hard. Most people are lacking that discipline and that focus and that drive because, like I said earlier, most people don't really know what they want. They might say, oh, I want to become rich. How are you going to do it? What are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to do, especially when you don't feel like it? And unfortunately, this generation and this ours and the upcoming one is often ruled by feelings. And it's like, oh, do I feel like doing this? Is this fun? Well, absolutely not. Most things that get you to a place of wealth or success or or even great love, because love takes work, a lot of these things don't feel good. And when you're ruled by feelings, you are not going to be willing or motivated to put in the effort. The seventh is driven by duty. She gets fulfillment out of completing her responsibilities and duties and the hard work that it takes to build an empire. She can take nothing and make everything out of it. This is what most people lack. And so simply deciding to work with demons isn't enough. You're going to need to find the catalyst and the motivation to keep going. And if you lack that and you lack self-discipline, which most people do, you lack that motivation and drive and that consistency, 
and had an ability to concentrate, then work with the seventh. Yeah. So when people are thinking about ascending or leveling up, they're like, Ooh, I want to do that. They could think of it as good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. True. True. But they could Mm -hmm. also think of it as like starting a new chapter in their book, you know, their Mm -hmm. book of life, Mm -hmm. you know, doing something, um, you know, being honest with themselves to say, is this, is this dream actually something I really want? Because if it is, then it's going to, it might take some pain and effort to get there. And you've got to have like, it's a great point, a sense of duty Mm -hmm. to yourself, to your family, but also to that dream. You've got to have a sense of duty to that dream to get to that dream, Um, Mm because that dream is going to open up so many doors, so much of your life. It's like a flower opening up. That's how I would imagine it. Oh, yeah. Now, Professor, I'm sure you come across this a lot. Some people's lives are just a big mess. And I I can be, you know, one that can talk about that. We've had a consultation before and I'm like, hey, you know, I've, I'm working on this issue and I just feel like it's a big mess. And I'm sure other people listening can agree with me. They're like, yeah, I've got a big mess over here. I need help cleaning up. There's a powerful feeling when you take charge of an aspect of your life that could be a mess or messy and clean it up. Wouldn't you agree, Professor? Of course. Making the decision to improve your life and making the decision to stick to a goal and to stick to the choices and sacrifices you'll have to make in the direction of that goal can absolutely along the way, after each little accomplishment, raise your self-esteem. And your your self-esteem likely needs to be raised if you are not successful or you're not where you want to be, whether, like I said, it's love or wealth or what have you. <clears throat> A lot of people are lacking that self-esteem that it takes to keep going. They don't believe in themselves because they likely haven't had to work very hard for things or have chosen not to work very hard for things. When you push yourself through a goal, your self-worth, self-determination, and self-esteem raises dramatically. And then you are more and more motivated to move on to the next goal. It sounds like it starts from within, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's really just a matter of deciding, like, have I had enough of this shit or not? I love it. (laughs) Making something a priority, making Mm -hmm. it a priority in their life. So what is the final deadly sin, Professor? (laughs) It is sloth. So today we're discussing the deadly sin of sloth. So sloth is basically laziness or uh, the lack of of drive or self-discipline or work. Now, the Catholics consider this a sin because if a person is being slothful, then they are doing nothing to promote the will of God or to move along God's plan. And uh, sloth has a translation in Latin meaning without care. And we definitely have to agree that as Luciferians, that sloth is bad because, and, and you know, if you're a modder, if you're a member of our group, that not having care is no good. Apathy is something that is not welcomed in Christian Catholic churches, but as well as with Luciferians. Apathy or the lack of drive, the lack of of movement, the lack of of work is definitely considered sinful in both Christianity and Luciferianism. Which uh, royal demon are we going to be discussing? So today we're going to be discussing the seventh. This is the seventh crown prince of hell. She goes by prince and not princess. This is also the original Eve, 
She does multiple rotations in human form once every hundred years. She is a catalyst of life. She specializes in love, motivation, building empires, resurrection, reincarnation, regeneration. She's an incredible teacher of magic and alchemy, and she helps with leadership, shape-shifting, and she's incredible for magical ascension. She is also referred to as the mother of creation. Phenomenal. And uh, she is the opposite of sloth. She works tirelessly, not only on behalf of humans, but with working with demons and and making sure that everything's good and safe and going along as planned. Yeah, it sounds like she's got um, her aspect is about creativity and creation, which would be the opposite of being slothful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and very big about making life better for humans. Uh, uh, she's one of her rotations was in Hedwana, which is uh, was considered to be the first author, uh, known author. And she's the first one who wrote hems, hemnals, which is where the church gets their idea of hemnals. Oh, wow. She wrote she wrote the first ones. And, you know, when she was talking about Inanna and all that, she was talking about Karanzan. And so uh, they, they, if you ever go search in Hedwana, it's it's pretty incredible. The the writings. Now, her priestess, when she was in Hedwana, her priestess was Lilith. A lot of those carvings and, and writings about that time period had people mm-hmm. confused and made uh, and when in Hedwana was talking about the story of Adam, you know, of Eve, basically of the first woman. Um, people got confused thinking that, that it, it this was Lilith, but it was, it was not, it was like Lilith had done markings herself, and, uh, describing the story and helping her out. But, um, but we'll get into, we could do a whole episode in Hidwana. It's pretty incredible, but, yeah, that um, is fascinating. but yeah, she's. So when she's you're phenomenal. working with the seventh, are you working, you're also working with Kranz on then? Yes. When you are working with the seventh, you are working with one of the 10 rings of Karanzon. Karanzon is comprised of 10 rings, 10 individual walking, talking entities, plus her core. And the seventh is the most responsible ring or entity within Karanzon. The seventh is like a general. She, she does have her soft side, but all in all, she's incredibly responsible. She is credibly driven. She can build empires and she can keep you going through some of the roughest moments of your life. Well, this is going to be a good spot for us to take a break, a short break um, to hear from our mm-hmm. sponsor. But when we come back, we're going to definitely uh, get into more aspects of the seventh and also uh, about creation and um, creating new avenues in people's lives. So let's take a moment to hear from our sponsor, the Order of Dark Arts, and uh, we'll be right back. Are you looking for a boost to get your creative juices moving? Or how about that spark to ignite your inner fire? It's Dr. Pete here, and I have what you need to break through the walls of procrastination. The Elite Focus Triple Diamond Potion from the 7th Witch House can be your secret weapon to unlocking new levels of productivity and success. Maybe you're looking to unleash your potential and show the world you are a force to be reckoned with. The 7th Witch House can help you experience beauty like never before with the extraordinary demonic potion, Elite Beauty. 
Elite Beauty is like having your own personal fountain of youth that you control. With these powerhouse triple diamond potions, you can harness the power of demonic magic by working with the seventh and take your life to the next level today. Go to the Order of Dark Arts website at theorderofdarkarts.com to find the seventh witch house store. There you'll find everything you'll need to supercharge your life. Hail the seventh! Welcome back to the Order of Dark Arts podcast. I am here with Professor Ashley Atori as we discuss Luciferianism, demonic magic, and working with demons. Professor, before the break, we were talking about the seventh, and I was going to ask you, will you talk more about the seventh as the mother of creation? And we have seen um, the seventh throughout history, haven't we? I mean, I was wondering, is there any other examples? You Yes. So the seventh has been one of the most brave, iconic heroic, moving, and inspiring figures throughout history. She is the original Eve. Lilith is not. And we can have a full discussion on that in another episode. And some may be like, what? But no. And, And you will notice by the results of your rituals, when you give demons the proper respect, huge things happen in your life. She's the original Eve. She's Cleopatra. She was Hypatia. She was <clears throat> she was Mary Magdalene. She was some of the most brave and incredible people in the history of time. She was in Edwana. She she was the first major author, the inventor of hymnals of song. She taught cuneiform. She taught the uh, the first magics done across a nation of people in ancient Babylonia. She she brought alchemy to a royal reign with Cleopatra. She has been responsible for moving along the true story of Lucifer and keeping demonic magic alive over history. One of your businesses is the Seventh Witch House. Did you name that to honor the Seventh? Yes. So the Seventh Witch House was named after the Seventh as a way to honor her. The Seventh is everything I respect and love and wish to embody. The Seventh Witch House was part of my pact. And no matter how successful I get or if I need to work or not or or whatever happens in my life, I will always do the seventh witch house and I will always honor Lucifer if that is his will is honoring him through seventh witch house. And therefore I see the seventh witch house as a fulfillment of duty. And like the seventh, I absolutely get fulfillment out of completing my duty. And the seventh witch house is a labor of love. It requires incredible amounts of creativity, of ingenuity, of self-discipline, of motivation. It requires everything that the seventh embodies. 
And so whenever you read about one of the potions or one of the products from the, because the Seventh Witch House has more than just potions. They've got all sorts of products. And mm-hmm. uh, whenever you read, I bet when you read someone's uh, success story, let's just say, or something fabulous that has happened, that's got to make you feel good because that's the spark. You know, you cause some creation in somebody's life. I love it. Yes, definitely. The naming of the Seventh Witch House was very deep. And every potion represents a light of hope, a chance at at newness and at, a chance at a new life, a chance at a new beginning. Every potion is a catalyst, just like she is. And for thousands and thousands of people now who have changed their lives, they've been able to experience a bit of, of something within them. Like I said, this is a way to honor her and... Not only through the potions, but through the unbelievable amounts of charity that the Seventh Witch House has done in Lucifer and her name. It's Seventh Witch House is something I'm incredibly proud of. It has truly been an honor to her. It has truly been a labor of love. And it's one of the greatest things I've ever done in my entire life. This episode, I believe, is going to get spark a lot of people into saying, "Ooh, I want to work with the seventh, you know, and I know a lot of people in our group do work with the seventh. And um, I think we're going to get a lot more people. We're going to see a lot more people are an uptick and people wanting to work with the seventh. So if that's the case, what are some of the ideas? What are some ideas or favorite offerings that somebody could use or work with um, to offer the seventh? And if they wanted to start a relationship, what would be some things you could recommend? As far as the seventh goes, she loves things that take effort, creativity, ingenuity. She loves letters of intention, uh, letters of testimonial, of proclamation, of gratitude. You could write her poetry. You could write her hymns or songs. You could perform songs. You could write her a letter. <clears throat> I I recommend doing things that are handmade or that are of natural origin. She absolutely loves uh, selenite, smoky quartz. Uh, as far as selenite goes, orange and white selenite. She loves opals. She adores bismuth and copper, as well as as well as olive oil and coconut oil and roses and herbs and saffron. She loves silver and champagne colors. She loves jasmine and white rose and a lingling. As far as different scents go, she, I had mentioned this, but she loves roses. I do pink or orange or red. Even invite, taking her to pendant or invocation, inviting her to share experiences with you and holding, while you're in invocation and holding, holding your invocation piece and talking to her and saying, I, I'm doing this in honor of you, or I'm experiencing this with you, or I invite you to experience this with me. Thinking of her, like I said, putting in effort, that is an incredible offering. That is one of the first ways I would recommend working with her. Of course, an altar, invocation, evocation, but as long as you're willing to put in effort and to really transmute your life, and to practice the opposite of sloth and apathy, which is creation and movement and life and motivation, then yeah, you're ready to work with her. 
Let me ask you this, Professor. How can the seventh help us understand um, this inactivity of sloth? She can help you by motivating you and influencing your perspective so that you don't lose track of your goals and of your purpose and of your intention. She can help you by finding your purpose and by figuring out what you want in life. And she can help you by influencing your fulfillment through duty rather than pleasure, which I talked about before is what most people are lacking. They're mo- most people are lacking self-discipline and the fulfillment through duty rather than pleasure. With her, she will help you stay focused, stay on task, and stay prepared for trials that come before you. She'll help you more easily get through them rather than allowing yourself to use problems and negativity and hurdles as a crutch to stop freezing in your life and to stop committing sloth or apathy and to stop going based on feeling. She will help you stay motivated and stay self-disciplined. That way you can be proud of yourself at the end of your goal. You can reach your goal. You can have a higher self-esteem and you can experience these giant rewards that people are often asking for in their petitions, but aren't typically willing to do the work for. She's really involved in duty and a sense of duty. And I could see where people that are driven to build something in their lives could be a relationship. It could be a business. um, It could be a healthy uh, body. You know, Um, it could be a lot of Mm -hmm. a new spiritual practice, you know, whatever they want to build, there's a sense of duty in that. So the seventh would be perfect to work with to kind of help kickstart you know, to paraphrase uh, Molly Crew, kickstart that heart to, uh, you know, you know, get it going and get it rolling. Yeah, that's a great way to describe it. She can absolutely help kickstart your heart, so to speak. She can also, like I said before, help be a catalyst in your life. So somebody, even with issues like ADHD or any kind of spectrum disorder or even depression, polarity, anyone who's having issues in that realm, this is not medical advice or psychological advice, but anyone who's having issues there, they might, they might want to consider trying to work with the seventh because if anything, she is a spark of life and a compass to help you figure out where to focus your attention on, to figure out what your purpose is and to figure out what you really want in life. And then beyond that, to give you the motivation and spark to go ahead and do it and to do the work and to go after the things that you desperately want and need. Like I said, she is, she is the most organized ring of Karanza and she, she keeps them all in line. So, so she can certainly help help can, keep you in line. <laughs> yeah, she can certainly help us. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. that's that's great. I mean, this is perfect. I think so many people are going to want to work the seventh uh, because of that. Because who doesn't procrastinate, right? Who doesn't c- couldn't find some place in their life they could you know clean up a little bit, um, especially oh, yeah. in, in uh, you know create some uh, spark. You know, because especially we were talking about leveling up or moving on to the next chapter in your life. If that's something that you want, if you don't want to just stay where you are and be uh, stagnant, yes, then I would say the seventh is somebody you'd want to uh, jump in a relationship with. One thing that I did notice when um, we've talked about working with the seventh is that she does not patron. And when we talk about patron, it means like 
there's a demon that is like your best friend. He's like your the buddy that's uh, like my patron is the beautiful Grimori. She's always with me and I always work with her. But the seventh doesn't patron. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Well, this is a very interesting topic to bring up and a very important point to touch on. So when the introduction to demonic magic came out, there was still a human rotation going on of the seventh. And while there was a line of human rotations going on, the seventh didn't patron. And even though she was assigned as patron, Sekhmet would take that on. And when the final seventh passed, which she has, now she can patron. She took back on her responsibilities. That will be disappointing for some, but there is no longer a human rotation of the seventh. And it was always planned that her right hand, which is Sekhmet, would take on her responsibilities while she's in rotation. But like I said, there is no longer a living one, so she has resumed her people that she patrons. And she patrons is very rare, and the ones that she patrons are oracles. So you'll notice if she's your patron, you'll notice that you've probably always been able to see spirits, especially very young. You probably have just an unbeatable intuition likely a an extremely high bullshit detector and you can read people like a book you also probably have fantastic divination and astral and magical abilities and if she is your patron you are incredibly lucky she's one of the most hands-on nominal beings period and to have that as your patron you are insanely blessed and you should definitely take advantage of it now i will say that it like i said it's incredibly incredibly rare it's probably a fraction of a fraction of a percent uh, if that (laughs) when it comes to all the people who are patroned uh that she patrons so if someone wanted to start working with the seventh what would you what would be your recommendation i recommend being all in i recommend being ready and willing to change your life for the better and being motivated enough to stick with it. Do not come to her if you're dabbling. Do not waste her time. Don't come to her if you haven't decided. She is somebody that you come to when you are ready for real, true change, when you're ready to really see what this magic is all about. And most certainly when it comes to her, do not engage in sloth or apathy. Do your rituals entirely correctly and with enthusiasm yeah it sounds like the seventh can definitely help us with um and this is one of your favorite phrases live that authentic life and i Mm -hmm. and i um i find that i hold that very close to my heart because it's important for a person to realize like am i living my most authentic life or am i living inauthentically um, and that's a yeah. serious question to really have with yourself. That's one of those one-on-ones, maybe at night, you know, and you're all by yourself. And to be honest with you, because uh, I think the answer could be, I'm not, you know, that, mm-hmm. and I would, at least I would hope someone would say that. So, because you're going to want more and mm-hmm. it sounds like the seventh can definitely, you know, one spark, give you that spark inside of you to get you moving. But I love the, uh, the point you made about the duty, you know, you have a sense of duty with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you know, a sense of duty of living an authentic life. And, um, you know, what, what do you think when you talk about that, can you explain like what you mean by living a, an authentic life for people? Authenticity means understanding who you are and what matters most to you and making decisions for your life 
based on that knowledge. It means honoring the values and beliefs that define you, even when they don't fit the mold of what is expected by others. It means being honest with yourself and with everyone else, even in uncomfortable situations. Authenticity means taking ownership of your story, the life that you are creating, and not letting anyone else define it for you. Living an authentic life is about knowing who you really are and showing up as your true self every single day. Yeah, and I mean, I believe we've uh, honored the the demons, especially as well as uh, Lucifer. And uh, oh, yeah. I think we've presented some great information for everybody to latch on to, and, and hopefully it's pr- promoted their practice. I know we've got some episodes coming up. Um, we're going to be uh, yeah. talking about uh, evil. What is evil? And uh, we've got yeah. some episodes about um, some paranormal stuff, uh, about being possessed and hauntings and what are what is a ghost um, and yeah. also uh, lower demons as well as lower angels that we've um, discussed in one of our previous episodes. And, and we're going to get into that. Um, so it's exciting and what we have coming up uh, in the future. And we're going to be talking about other demons too. not, you know, we're going to branch out from the, the, the princes and get into some of the other demons that we, uh, that a lot of people like to work with. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, I have a blast doing these. Um, and it's, it's part of, you know, you could call it a duty um, to our, our spiritual path, but Heck, why not make it fun? You know, while you're doing it, <laughs> you have any. <laughs> well, Professor, do you have any last thoughts before we close this out? Uh, just my appreciation to you, Pete. Like you've made this whole experience a blast. I've absolutely loved it. And uh, it's, I appreciate you. And I, I thank you so much for doing this with me. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you, too. I really enjoy doing it with you. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's something special we've built something very special here and uh, I'm just so happy that we can share it with the world. And we do, we've got listeners from all over the world. um, And I just wanted to welcome our one listener out of Sweden. I always like to give little (laughs) updates. We've got somebody out of Sweden. That is so cute. I I love it. I I do too. Do we still have Romania over there? Yep. Yep. (laughs) Yep. There, but they're still tuned in. Hello. Hello. Yes. We have a lot of friends in Australia. So we love the, the Australians. The Aussies love us. Yeah, we have a lot of that. We love the Aussies. We love them. Yeah, it is. It's been a lot of blast. And um, I've learned so much um, from doing these um, episodes. So um, I really appreciate um, being a part of this. So I want to close out by encouraging everybody that's listening to stay tapped in, tuned in, and turned on by their Luciferian practice. Please make sure you hit that subscribe button and you'll be notified when our next episode drops. And also join, if you haven't, our Facebook um, group. You can find that on Facebook, The Order of Dark Arts. Um, There's one question, and just all you have to do is answer the question. Please mention that you heard it in the podcast. And And not have have, a creepy profile. (laughs) Yes, don't have a creepy profile, but have a picture. Don't make it creepy. (laughs) (laughs) It's just important. Oh, creepy. Oh, creepy uh, profiles. All righty. So, you know, it's been a blast. I love doing these series and we're going to be coming back with more episodes, more topics, um, and it's just going to expand from there. So until then, keep building those demonic relationships and creating the life you desire. Shine on, everyone. Shine on.